Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Big sales! You know, I never thought in my years playing professional football or covering professional football that I ever would say that the defensive tackle position in the National Football League is more valuable than the running back position in the NFL. Guys who touch the ball, guys who score, guys who control a lot of the game. I never thought that a player who never touches the ball, think about this, a player who never touches the ball, a defensive tackle, has more influence on a salary cap and on salaries in the NFL than a guy who touches the ball 30 times a game. Think of that. I never touch the ball. But I, if I'm one of the top guys, I can make between 10 and $25 million. We're going to hit on that here in a second. I mean, we are here now, folks. Like, we're a week away from the start of training camp, which is phenomenal and great. And it's not so much that training camp is exciting. It marks the beginning. You know what I mean? Nobody's going to sit around breaking down guys running around helmets and shorts and limited practices and controlled scrimmages and all that shit. No one's saying that. But it really starts it, doesn't it? Shit, the Jets start tomorrow. Football starts tomorrow. You hear me? Pro football starts tomorrow. That's how I look at it. That's totally how I look at it. It's been really good storylines. And by the way, watching all the running backs talk about their respected position. Dude, second and 13 wide receivers make more money right now than top flight running backs. Look at all the guys that too are on the beach. Zeke. Dalvin Cook, Kareem Hunt, quality players, quality guys. And you're being told no if you're Josh Jacobs who led the NFL in rushing. Get this, you work your ass off to be the best player you possibly could be on your team and in the league. And you're not being rewarded anymore. The NFL looks at place kickers as more of a commodity because, again, like I just told Tone, place kickers make money for the league. You make an extra point, commercial break. It's an important part of the game. Place kickers make money for the league. This is why the Eagles are boring. They don't want to make the Eagles front and center. 14 play drives, that's not instant gratification. That's why they look at Jalen Hurts in a whole different way. Jalen Hurts is a star guy. But they don't look at him as a star player. He, he's a star in the league, but the league won't promote that style of play. 14-play drives, that's boring. Represents Philly, hardworking, go to work. Rewarded by the Eagles, good. But the league looks at him just like they do anything else. Dude, it, it's got to be instant gratification. 
It's got to help gambling. Jalen Hurts is a fantasy football freak. That's the guy you want on your fantasy team. Funny, though, it's not who the guy that want to promote the league want to promote. They don't want to promote him. Hey, and I'll say this to you about the running back position. I see the running backs, and they're right to bitch. You work hard. You put all your time in. You become the best player at your position, and you're not being rewarded any longer. And I like Derrick Henry. Hey, if you don't want the position any longer, you should just phase it out. Well, Derrick, they are. They don't want running backs being the stars of the league anymore. Don't you get it? This is why the wide receiver position makes so much money. This is why cornerbacks make so much money. This is why edge rushers make so much money in quarterbacks. Running backs do not. You're not going to see it. It's just not going to happen. It's not going to happen. The league has changed the rules. Don't you get it? It's the style of play that has phased them out. The NFL has systematically done this to the player position. You know what they said five years ago, six years ago? These guys only last five years anyway. Why would I invest all that money in a player who doesn't last five years? Can I tell you who? Tone, I don't know if you agree with me on this. Can I tell you who killed the running back position? You know who killed the running back position? Todd Gurley. They gave him all that money, and it was an anchor around the Rams' neck for four years. He was in Atlanta, and they were paying huge money to him. The Zeke and Todd Gurley deals ended the running back position, especially when it came to being paid. Those two guys ended it. They're not going to... It, it, it's because they don't last long enough. That's Those two guys ended it. Todd Gurley deal, the Rams gave him all that money, man. Do you know that, hey, do you know that Todd Gurley's still on the books financially with the Rams? Do you know that? His money's been deferred out? Think about that. He hasn't been there in six years. He may be off the books. Maybe it was last year. Look at the money. Look at Zeke's deal. Cowboys had to dump him. Wasn't worth it. Had all that money. Was due like 17-5 or something. I mean, Todd Gurley killed the running back position financially. Hey, man, the running back position is important. But can I make something very clear to all you. This is what kills me about the quarterbacks in our league. Where are you defending your teammates? I have not heard one quarterback post anything or say anything to defend guys that they count on for play action, for moving the chains, for using time of possession. You know why? Because all those stiffs got their money and they shut the you-know-what up. Where's Daniel Jones? I thought that was Saquon's boy. Why isn't he defending him? Where's Daniel Jones? You got your bag of money. You know what happens? 
These NFL quarterbacks, once they get paid, become NFL shills for management. They're lapdogs. Now I know why Stefan Diggs was pissed off at Josh Allen. He was probably told in the offseason, hey, we're going to make a run at DeAndre Hopkins. And that never transpired. Okay, never transpired. They brought some other dude in. Hey, man, end of the day, where are the quarterbacks defending their teammates getting more money or defending the position that they so need themselves? Where are they? Where are they? Where are they? Where are the quarterbacks? The Aaron Rodgers. The Josh Allens. Shit, Jalen doesn't have to defend anybody. He's got a room of rentals. Jalen Hurts has a running back room of rent-a-cars. That's all it is. It's a bunch of rentals. There's not a star in the group. There's a maybe star. The Eagles don't have a star in the group. They might have. But there's nobody in there where you go, man, that guy is going to carry the mail for the... Holy cow. And you're lying if you say you do. There's nobody in that room that's a star who has been a star. Every single player that the Eagles have... By the way, this is not an Eagle issue. This is a league issue. Every player at running back, besides the guys that they drafted have been all guys that other organizations have moved on from. Seattle and Detroit, both, and by the way, not only moved on from, but drafted guys in the first round and second round and move on from them. It's a, they're, they're like rentals. Again, when, when, when people, they get mad at me for bringing up guys who are not stars. There's no stars in the Eagle running back room. There's not one star. You 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 call them a star because they play on the Eagles? Okay. Okay. They run it running backs. You know what they did? They signed as many as they could and they hope one hits. They're playing the law of averages. That's okay. It's not an eagle thing. I've now come to the conclusion. Get this. You know when Howie always says that he got to be kind of ahead of the curve? The Eagles have been ahead of the curve. And it benefited Miles Sanders. The Eagles were ahead of the curve. And it benefited him at the beginning of the year. Because he got that $21 million. Thank you, Howie. If I'm Miles Sanders... He should be saying, thank you very much, Howie. I really appreciate it. I would never have made the money in Philly, but you helped get me the money in Carolina. I guarantee you this. Carolina regrets signing Miles Sanders to a $21 million deal when they see what's going on in the league right now. They overpaid for him. Besides that, he's not a good player. Are you telling me you'd rather have Miles Sanders than Dalvin Cook? I could get Dalvin Cook. Two million cheaper. He's a better player. 
They overpaid for him. Okay? The position is being, how about this? The National Football League and the owners and player personnel departments have decided to downsize the running back position. Don't take it personal. But that's the way the league is trending. Big scoring, no defense. Hey, by the way, I'm now convinced the NFL doesn't want guys playing defense any longer. You're never going to see gangrene again. You're not going to see a lockdown defense like you saw in years past with the 85. Those, those, they don't want those teams. They want 38, 35 ball games. They want big scoring for gambling. It's more important for the NFL to get into the gambling game than it is to get into the football game and do what's right for the league. Hey, running backs are essential. Well, not in today's NFL. Running the ball, stopping the run has always been a mantra since 1920 when the league was founded. They want to get away from that. They totally want to get away from that. Okay? You, you're not going to have... Then again, you didn't have a great defense last year. Because when you needed it and counted on it and had to have it, you didn't get it. Great defenses show up in great moments. Not against shitty teams. Okay? Great teams show up when it matters. Ask the Cowboys about winning big games. They haven't won one in 26 years. When you're a great defense and a superior defense, you show up when it matters. Not during the Houston Texans where nobody cares. Okay? Nobody cares. When you had to be great, you couldn't. That's not an opinion. That's a fact. When you had to be great, you were not. Now, I'll give you this. The NFC title game, you were great in that game. You were great in that game. You took the quarterback out. You stuffed that offense because they had no quarterback. Your offense was nothing really in that ball game, but you gave your offense short field position and you were dynamic in that game against the 49ers, a really good roster. It's your best game of the year. Okay? The rest of them, whatever. So the running back position, by the way, We're not going to look at week 14 today because we've already looked at the Cowboys. So we're going to look at the Seattle Seahawks and we're going to look at all the Eagle pass rushers because that's going to be essential. But one more thing on the running back. Howie was ahead of the curve. Look at it. He did it right. Howie doesn't have to worry about paying a running back because he doesn't have one. He's got a collection of dudes. What you see in Philadelphia, get this, what you see in Philadelphia is what you're going to start seeing all over the league. It's not that Howie, it's not that Howie doesn't want to have one. This is the way the league is trending to have a collection of guys like that. 
He's ahead of the curve. You don't have a star back there. Then again, Buffalo doesn't have one. Kansas City doesn't have one. Cincinnati kind of has one. Dallas kind of has, I think Tony Pollard's good, but elite, I don't know. All the really great teams, they they have, they have like nobody. They have a collection, of, like the Pacheco guy. You think the Pacheco guy could go to Tennessee and be a star? Absolutely not. He'd probably not make the roster. But you got Mahomes there. So he makes everybody elite around him. It's what it is. So how he's ahead of the trend. Hey, everyone else, get this. How he signed all of these guys. And New York said no to Barkley. Who, for his position, is an elite guy. But the league doesn't look at the running back position any longer as an elite position. So you're not going to pay elite money. It's funny, you can have that salary cap number all you want for the running back position, but it just doesn't matter because you know why? If you're good, I'll franchise tag your ass three years in a row and then dump your ass because you're not going to last more than five years anyway. That's the average. Why would a team pay a three-year contract to a guy like Barkley when they can franchise tag you for three years and then when you're banged up, out of gas, no more tread on the tire, can cut you. Why would I do that? Because what, I like you? Let me make this very clear to you. This is nothing to do with liking your players. You get paid to do a job. They pay you. And they pay you for what they see you're worth to them. You don't have the leverage. You think you do. Because you were always under the impression, well, if I'm the best player at my position, I should be paid for it. Well, that's if the league looks at your position as a value position, which they do not. It's not personal. It is totally, strictly business. Okay? No. Arthur, you don't have anybody in the backfield. But that's a trend now in the NFL. They're just dudes. You sign a bunch of guys hoping one guy pans out and I'm not going to pay anybody because you don't have anybody in there. Dude, stop pretending you have people. You have everybody people passed on and cut or traded. You're making it sound like you have this collection of running backs that are super talented. They're not. They're expendable pieces. The Eagles, the league, are now using expendable pieces at running back. The Christian McCaffreys, the Derrick Henrys, let me say this to you. After Derrick Henry and Adrian Peterson and Frank Gore go into the Hall of Fame, it'll be hard-pressed to put another one in. Because... Just like a starting pitcher winning 300 games, you're never going to see a pitcher win 300 games ever again in baseball because that's not how they do it in baseball. You pitch five and two-thirds, 
and you don't get a chance to really get the win sometimes because you turn it over to the bullpen. Dude, 200's now the magic number to get into the Hall of Fame. Tom Glavin's the last guy that will win 300 games in baseball for the next 50 years. Okay? Lions let Jamal Williams walk, traded Swift, then drafted a, a newer model in Jamar Gibbs. That alone should tell fans everything they need to know about the running back position. Correct. Because they knew Swift's deal was up, they didn't want to pay him. He's injured. They, they don't want to put the money and gamble on him. The Lions don't want to gamble on him. So they traded him for a bag of Skittles. To the Eagles. Eagles said, hey, I saw him in the... He's good. He is. He's good. But that's good enough. It's good enough. Lions moved off him. And again, this is why I wanted Bijan. Cheaper deal. Younger talent. More gas in the tank. And then you cut him or you trade him after four years when his contract is up. Or you franchise tag his ass. That's the new model for running backs. Guys, give it to Howie. He now is ahead of the trend because he got a bag of, you know, used cars for his running back position. But that's the trend in the league now. It's okay. That's right there how they're going to do business. Not just Philly. Everyone. Everyone. They're going to they franchise Tony Pollard. They'll see what they have. He get, Watch this. If Tony Pollard gets hurt again, they'll move off him because they franchised him and they'll draft another running back. They are not going to spend Todd Gurley money ever again on a running back or Ezekiel Elliott money ever again. You're going to have to be Derrick Henry exceptional. See, to me, over the last seven years, it's Derrick Henry and everyone else. Cook's the second guy. Zeke's the third guy. He's out of gas. Look at how many years Zeke lasted on that. Zeke was better on his rookie deal, was he not? When Zeke got his money, he was terrible. No, he was average. Nobody pays $13 million for average. You can't be average. Okay? Dude, and Atlanta gets a guy who's young, probably leave the NFL in rushing. So this talk about, yeah, hey, and the running backs are now defending themselves. They should be disappointed in their organizations. But overall, they should be more disappointed in the trend of the league. They don't value you anymore. They don't want you to be a star. They're not going to pay you star money. They would rather pay a defensive tackle or a second-team wide receiver more money than you. Understand who you are. That's who you are now. The running back position in the NFL will not make more money in three years than wide receiver number two on any given team. Okay? JM goes, Dalvin Cook had one. Dalvin Cook has had five 
of the last six years, thousand yard seasons. You've never had that in your history of your franchise. A running back do what Dalvin Cook did in Minnesota. There's no running back in your history that has put as many consecutive thousand yard rushing seasons that Dalvin Cook has. Okay? Whatever, dude. Whatever. Whatever. And he's unemployed. And he's 28. And he's coming off a season where he played all 17 and was a thousand yard rusher. And he doesn't have a job. What JM, whatever. I don't care what you think. He's a great player. He's been the second best running back in the last seven years in the league. He's been the second best. No one's come close to him. Maybe Zeke. Okay? That's the position. These quarterbacks, though, pretty mum, though, aren't they? They don't want to sit there and open up their mouth, though, because they don't want to upset the apple cart with management. Because you know why? Once you get your big-time contract, you get patted on the head. Hey, why doesn't Jalen Hurts step up for some of these running backs making more money? He's a big leader. How come Josh Allen's not stepping up? How come Joe Burrow's not stepping up? How come Justin... How about Justin Herbert is not stepping up for Austin Eckler to get more money? And Austin Eckler... Or how come... Hey, wait a minute. Here's a better one. How come Joe Burrow is not stepping up with Mike Brown and saying to Mike Brown, why does why does Joe Mixon have to take a pay cut to stay on the team, and you're going to give me $60 million a year. What is what is wrong with that? I mean, why aren't you standing up for your guy? Because you're a shill. Now you're a corporate guy. Makes me want to smash their faces in more now. You're not standing up for your guys. True leader stands up for his guy. Hey, man. If you're Joe Burrow, I know you're in the midst of a contract negotiation with Zipper Wallet Mike Brown, so I get it. End of the day, though, dude, you're the leader of the team. Shouldn't you say something? My guy Joe Mixon, man, took a pay cut. But guess what? Joe Burrow won't. Oh, I see. I see. Because now you become a corporate dude. Like Jalen, now corporate guy. 55, hey, $50 million. Guy, you can't upset management. Yeah, but I'm a team guy. It's not just Jalen. I'm picking on him. It's all the quarterbacks. Has any, where's Daniel, like I said, where's Daniel Jones? I thought him and Barkley were working out at high schools and jumping over hurdles and Working out together and being boys. Where's where's Daniel Jones? You got your 46 million. This was over 2 million bucks, too. 2 million bucks. Where's Daniel Jones? Thought they were boys. That's right. Tone's like Daniel Jones got his money. Went into hiding. Where's Daniel Jones? I don't know. Hey, Daniel. Daniel Jones went into hiding once he got his money. You know management 
went to Jones and said, we're not going to give uh, a contract extension. And you would rather give a guy like Darren Waller, who's been banged up like the last three years, four years, whatever it is, $17.5 million, the highest paid tight end in the league. And you can't give this guy two more million bucks. Holy shit. And you got a guy coming off a knee injury, just signed for $14 million in Tennessee. Saquon Barkley's got to be going like this. Damn. This guy missed half the year, and he got the money I wanted. Holy shit. Jones knows he committed to the bank heist and ain't saying shit. Not only him. Where's Joe Burrow defending Joe Mixon? Why did my boy have to take a pay cut to stay on the Bengals so you could pay me? Oh. I see. Because we don't really look at the running back. Don't you see? It's a league thing. These guys are systematically being terminated. They're systematically, the running backs are being terminated. The big money backs. The guys who signed all those big deals. Two years ago, Joe Mixon signed a deal in Cincinnati that gave him damn good money. Well, now they're giving him a haircut. Cook got fired. Zeke got blown out. The only guy still standing, really, is Alvin Kamara. And I get you want to hear what I think happens with Alvin Kamara? You know what the Saints are going to do? Once the league comes down, the league is going to suspend. Here's my prediction, Tone. The league's going to suspend Alvin Kamara for conduct detrimental to, to the league. They're going to void that contract and cut him. Makes too much money. Makes too much money. You watch. Alvin Kamara will either be suspended for conduct detrimental to the league or the Saints will cut him. They still don't know how the league is going to respond to that Vegas thing. And if McCaffrey gets hurt in San Francisco one more time, they'll keep him because they gave up too much assets to Carolina to get him. They'll probably cut him the next year. Okay? Yes, sir, baby. League is terminating the running back high-paid guys, and they want the league to look like Philly. Bunch of cast-offs. It's not a Philly. You know, I thought it was a Philly thing that they didn't give a shit about the running back position. Howie was ahead of the curve. Get a bunch of dogs in there, or decent guys. Good. Hey, by the way, good players, not high-end players. And by the way, Howie got the best of the broken-down jalopies. He did. Howie Roseman got the best of the broken down jalopies. And if you listen to any Philly guy, I really like my room. You got one guy's average two starts a year. Okay. Another guy who's good and the rest of them are whatever. Penny is amazing. Right. He was a bust in Seattle, a bust. But he, all of a sudden, is now a great player in Philly. 
a bust. And they traded up to get him. And he's had two starts a year in five years. Six, six yards a carry for two games? Great. <laughs> he's a bust. I'm sick of that. Because now I know what the league's doing. Way to go, Howie. Head of the curve again. Look at Roseman, man. Out front. Setting the trend to have used car lots as a running back room. That's all you need if you have an elite quarterback. Right? All you do is get a used car lot. That's your running back room. And you're good. Well, hey. And you got two big wideouts? Shit. Give me a couple used cars back behind my great old... Hey, get this. The Eagles would rather invest in their old line, which is right, than their used car lot known as running backs. Hmm. Gainwell in Boston. Wouldn't make another roster behind another old line. Dude, honestly... OJ could come out of retirement and run behind the Eagle O-line and give you five yards. (laughs) I mean, seriously, dude. Emmett Emmett would have 1,000 yards at 58 behind that O-line right now. Okay? Weapon hits. Hey, hey, Tone, weapon's hitting on something here. The quarterback is the new running back. No kind of weapon the quarterback and this is why Bruce Arian said it the dual quarterback is here to stay because you know why the best running backs now on most teams are the dual threat guys who's the best running back in Baltimore Lamar who's the best running back in Philly Jalen who's the best running back in Buffalo Josh Allen makes sense who's the best running back in Chicago According to him, he's the greatest. Justin Fields. And if you're lucky to have NTN and Travis and, and um, Trevor Lawrence, you think NTN's going to be on a Jaguar team in two years? No, he'll be blown out too. Whatever. Jalen's the best back on your team. He's the best red zone back. Swift, by the way, I want to make this point. I think Swift is good. But the Lions didn't think it. Now, the Lions also passed on Darius Slay. This is going to be interesting to watch the Eagle uh, used car lot. That's what I'm going to start calling them. The running back room is the used car lot dealership in Philly. The car lot dealership is at the Novacare Center. And on Saturdays, they have a re- reduced price, 20% for you to come in and get any car you want. <laughs> yeah, 20% off. Hey, she's been broken down the last five years, but I'll tell you what, she's something to look at. And if you just drive it around town, it's a hell of a car. Just don't leave the greater Philly area because she'll break down on the Jersey Turnpike. This penny, let me tell you something. This penny, man, unbelievable. It goes around town. City miles are great. 
You put her on the Jersey Turnpike, though. She might break down at the Lombardi exit. Then you have to go in for Carl Jr.'s. You sit there and it's all good, man. Hey, just don't drive her out of the greater Philly area. Like, if you're going up to see Big Sills, the King of Prussia, don't bring the penny car. Okay? Just don't do that, man. Can't have it because it, it might not make it to King of Prussia. <laughs> Mm, the running back position is the enterprise of the NFL. Rent it, run it down, bring it back for a new model. Bang! Enterprise, baby. Yeah, you can get checked out too over at the Novacare Center. And if you go, if you join the gold, like the gold club, you could save up miles after a while and you get a free running back. <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey, you get a free a, a tone. If you save up enough miles, which is probably money, you get a free running back in about a year. So if you join the enterprise, Philadelphia Eagle used car lot or rent a car, you get a free running back in a year if you save your money right and you, you know, rent enough running backs. You get a free running back. <laughs> okay. Seals, are you suggesting that they should have over... No, John, you're missing it. The Eagles are ahead of the trend. Every team in the NFL is going to look like Philly. No, 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 John, I'm not suggesting that. Absolutely not. No, 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 no. Hey, John, I would make this point to you. I guarantee you, John, that the Carolina Panthers regret giving Miles Sanders that money. Okay, if you rack up enough points, they'll throw in a free mouthpiece and shoulder pads. Look at that. Tone wants to give them like a sippy cup too. You know the shit that you go and you you put a little sippy cup there right next to your 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 um your council. Man, if you rent enough cars, you get a sippy cup. That's what the Eagles have, man. It's the enterprise room of running backs. We have a running car for you. It's a midsize. Yeah, but I, I want the luxury one. Nah, 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 nah. Luxury one, man, I have to give too many points up, too much money up for that. Give me the midsize. You know, midsize. However, in that room, miles matter. <laughs> you see, when you rent a car with Enterprise, though, miles don't matter. But when you rent a car in the NFL and a running back, miles matter. You know, this thing only goes up to 500 miles. After that, you got to start paying for it. Yeah, well, maybe I should get one of them mid-sized cars and go down that route. Holy cow. Wait a Dude, no, no, no. You're missing it. Howie did the right thing. Howie's done the right thing. Nobody in the league's going to – dude – the elite running back, every elite running back that had a contract up was told no. Don't you get it? It's not a Giants thing. Hey, let me ask you this one. Hey, Tone, think about this. You think it was really over $2 million? Or do you think it was about the amount of years? You think the New York Giants were bitching with Barkley over $2 million? Or were they bitching over three years? They're not bitching over the money. 
They're bitching over the amount of length of the contract and the guarantee money. That's what they were guaranteed. That, that's the problem. It's not $2 million. Dude, the running backs, man. And get this. They could do all the barking they want. You know what they sound like to me? Colin Kaepernick talking about social justice and how the league um, is going to start trending towards being socially conscious. <laughs> oh, my God. You guys will believe anything. Holy cow. Not if the league says it. Yeah, because the owners are... F- because the players are full of shit, right? Okay. Owner tells you it, or the, some some media guy tells you, hey, did you hear that on the radio? <laughs> did you see that on Twitter? See Daniel Jones coming to anybody's rescue. <laughs> mm, come on now. Dude, hey, Jalen, good luck, man. Just make sure. The only thing I would say to Jalen when you get when you when you ask for which rent a car you're going to use like the opening weekend against New England, you might want to get both rent a cars because one will break down because you know that penny vehicle man it's like a Jaguar, you know it's really pretty to look at but it breaks down a lot and it costs a mint to fix. I mean a windshield wiper is five hundred bucks, so dude, so make sure the Swift car is ready to rock. You know, that's kind of like an electric car. So you kind of just plug it in. It's all good, you know? It's not a lot of money right now. So that's the car you probably want to travel with. That penny car, man. If you leave the Philly area, that thing's going to break down like a Jag. Okay? (laughs) Sorry, man. I, you know, running backs are bitching. Well, you're being phased out. As Arnold would say, you are being terminated. You're being terminated. 250 pound running backs are being terminated. (laughs) Maria, don't drive the penny car. (laughs) It breaks down near Upper Marlboro, Maryland. Don't worry, Penny be broken down by quarter three against New England. And then you'll have to get into the electric car, into the Elon Musk car called the Swift. You'll be all right. <laughs> Callie Green goes, Dance hate on Penny? I don't hate the guy. I covered the guy when he was at San Diego State. He's a heck of a guy. His career sucked. It's not hate. His career sucked. S-U-C-K-E-D. Sucked. It's why Seattle fired him. Sucked. First round pick. What? (laughs) Speaking of Seattle, this will be your week 15 opponent. You know what's funny? Look at Jay. I'm next up. Don Shula's legacy being mocked for losing to the Bills in the championship. Well, here, JM, since you, before I get to this, so how many people think that um, Bill Belichick's legacy is on, 
the hot seat right now or his job's on the hot seat in New England. Thank you, JM, for reminding me. JM, I can always count on you to remind me. How many people think that Don Shula um, and that record, what is it, 346 wins? How many people think that um, Bill Belichick's coaching is on the hot seat this year in New England? It's already out the window. No, it's never out the window. Greatest coach ever coached National Football League. Quez goes, of course not. So let me tell you Don Shula's last 10 years in the league. With Dan Marino. Hey, Tone, you'll like this. So the greatest and most successful regular season wins coach, Don Shula, with 346 wins. His last 10 years, he was 3-4 and four and missed the playoffs six of the 10 years that he closed out his legendary career. He missed the playoffs with Dan Marino. With Dan Marino. This guy's got Bailey Zappi and Mac Jones. Don Shula missed the playoffs six of the last 10 years and was three and four in the postseason with Dan Marino. With Dan Marino. And he missed the playoffs six. Speaking of that, Armando Salguero covers the Miami Dolphins for OutKick. Will join us in hour number three at 5.30. The Tua versus Hurts Bowl will be interesting. Okay? That guy missed the playoffs with Dan Marino six of the last ten years. He sucked at the end with the Hall of Fame quarterback who was still thrown for a ton of yards. Don Shula. Okay? His last 10 years were very underperforming as an organization and as a head coach. Well, he won a lot of regular season games. So do the Vikings. So do the Vikings. I mean, Dave Wonstadt made the playoffs, for God's sakes. Ugh. Jimmy was two and three in the playoffs. Yeah, because Shula left in the shittiest team he possibly could have. Shula ran the organization into the ground at the end. It's terrible. A terrible roster, terrible team. Those green contracts and all those big-time contracts Shula had given all of his guys. He was brought in to clean it up. Terrible coach at the end was Don Shula. Was what was it? What did he win? With Dan Marino, who's supposed to be the greatest quarterback of all time. Ooh. Man. (laughs) Okay. Let's look at the Philadelphia Eagles week 15 opponent. The Seattle Seahawks. You guys tell me what you think of this. By the way, since 2000, 
The Eagles are 8-3 and three versus Seattle. And that is clearly one of the toughest places to play. And it's in Seattle. And I believe you're coming off the Niner game or the Cowboy game. I think you're coming off a Cowboy game. I think you're playing Niners-Cowboys. And then you got to fly to Seattle for the record. How good do you think this Seattle team is? What do you think about Hertz's accuracy? Angel, he's getting better. His, his completion percentage proves it. But then again, he doesn't throw a lot of high percentage turnover plays. Like these other guys are throwing the ball seven, six hundred times. Jalen throws the ball 200 times less. So, I mean, he doesn't really throw it as much as the elite guys. And that's by design. It's nothing on him, but it's by design. He doesn't really throw the ball with many attempts compared to the other guys in the league. But again, that's not what they do and how they win games. And it's not a criticism. It's just a different style and play. It's all. Um, what do you make Seattle's game more concerning than the 49er game, says Callie Green. Okay. Um, I would say this to you. Let's take a look at that week 15 opponent now. True, but I see some amazing tight window throws. Angel, you saw amazing tight window throws in one year. Let's see it continue to be a process where it's continuing to get better. Right now, as of now, Angel, again, Jalen had an elite year. He's not an elite player yet. One year don't make you elite. It just doesn't. He doesn't have elite arm talent like the other guys in the league. He's getting better at it. And what makes that important, those other guys don't have elite running skills like Hertz has. And the closer, get this, Tone, do you agree with me on this? The closer Jalen Hurts gets to being as good a passer as Josh Allen, he'll be a better player than Josh Allen. Because Hurts' running ability, not nobody in the league runs like him and runs smart. He's getting he is the best Wildcat quarterback I've ever seen throw the ball. This is the guy they envisioned. But they never could find a guy who could throw the ball. Bruce Arian said the same thing. Okay? This is a guy that can throw the ball, and he's throwing it now with touch. So, like, like, get this. The guy in Chicago saying he's the best, one of the top five greatest running back quarterbacks of all time. That's not going to keep him in the league. They had a quarterback in the 70s like that called Bobby Douglas. So are you telling me that Justin Fields is a modern-day version of Bobby Douglas? Bobby Douglas wasn't very good. He was effective because he ran the ball. He is a modern-day Bobby Douglas. You guys don't even know who that is. You're going to have to look him up. All he did was run with the ball. That's all, That's who he is. Okay? Here's what I look at with Seattle, your Week 15 opponent. I couldn't have been more wrong about a football team than I was about Seattle. I thought Seattle was going to have the worst record in the league last year. And what a job of coaching by Pete Carroll and his coaching staff in the organization. It was one of the absolute best coaching jobs out there. Um, 
Absolutely great. Who would have thought they would be better without Russell Wilson? And they were. Hawks might be the fourth best team in the NFC. Okay? And you could make an argument that they could probably be in the conversation to win the NFC West. Okay? I mean, I couldn't have been more wrong about this team. I thought they were going to finish down near 32, 31, 30. I didn't see it. You move off a franchise guy who's going to the Hall of Fame and you're better, great coaching. That shows you what good coaching can do. Carroll should have moved off of Russell Wilson when he wanted to two years previous. Um, since 2000, as I said, Seattle is 8-3 versus Philly. Geno Smith played like an MVP. And statistically had a better season than even the guy who finished second in the MVP race in Jalen Hurts. Better passing year. And every single statistic, every statistic passing the ball, Gino was better. And maybe, if you think about it, was as effective as Jalen Hurts was. I mean, every single statistic passing the ball Geno Smith outdid Jalen Hurts passing the ball. Now, my question is, just like with Jalen, can he do it again? I don't know. Okay? I really don't know. Okay? I don't know. Okay? Micah goes like this. He's been in the league seven years longer. What does that have to do with having a better season? He's been a journeyman quarterback. He hasn't started in seven years. What are you talking about? You're making it sound like, like Geno Smith has been some mainstay quarterback. He's been a turd. He had one year. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, I think he finished fifth in the MVP. If the defense for Seattle was a little better, they beat San Francisco. Pete Carroll just had to retool the team. Um, yeah, no, I mean, and here's something else. Here's something else that he was great at. Do you know that Geno Smith, Smith was third in pocket pressure? Which means quarterbacks with pressure in the, in the pocket. Only Josh Allen and Aaron Rodgers were better when it came to pressure in the pocket. So he saw the game. Again, I, I, I want to be able to see all this be duplicated again. Hey, hey, Tone, I didn't get a chance to, to, uh, to fact check this. Seattle had 2,000-yard uh, receivers last year. And DK Metcalf and in Tyler Lockett. So both those guys had thousand yard receivers. Is is that true? That they both had thousand thousand yard seasons. Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. Seattle had two one thousand yard receivers. That I didn't I, I didn't get a chance to double check that. Both had over a thousand yards. Well, I I miss on. I underestimated that passing offense. What a job by Gino. Holy shit. And a rusher with a thousand yards. 
man, what a season for that offense. Both receivers over at 1K. Running back, a rookie, over 1K. What a hell of a season for Geno Smith. And then they get the kid from Ohio State, right? Jackson Smith, Jabob, Najaba, that kid, they added him to the mix. Plus you have Kenneth Walker. That's a good-looking group up there. Now, the, the, the key is going to be their interior offensive line is not the best. They're pretty good at the perimeter on the tackle positions. But they're not super when it comes to interior offensive line. Okay? I'm going to tell you something. San Francisco, you guys are worried about? I'd be worried about going to Seattle and playing that team. That team can match you. That team has got guys you can't cover. That team can run the ball, throw the ball, and they got 2,000-yard wideouts too. You better have linebackers that can cover that middle of the field against them. And you ain't got them guys this year. Dude, that's going to be a handful of a ball game up there in Seattle. That might be your toughest ball game of the year, going to Seattle and playing up there. Dude. Here, here's something else, too. Their cornerbacks might be elite. Tyreek Woolen, the kid Mike Jackson. Then you add Devin Witherspoon from Illinois. Look what Pete Carroll's doing. He's making a new Legion of Boom. They sign a defensive tackle. They bring back, they brought back the linebacker. Um, uh, do me a favor, Tone. Quadri Diggs, right. He's, he's another one. They got to get more out of Kobe Bryant. Who's the linebacker they just brought back to from, he was a second team all pro with the Rams. And they kind of mended fences. They're going to bring him back now, put him in the middle. Wagner, Bobby Wagner. You got Jamal Adams. By the way, Jamal Adams, 10 times better than anything in Philadelphia. Here, think about this. Their corners are good. Their wide, their wide receivers are good. You ain't got a linebacker near Bobby Wagner, second team all pro last year. And you got 2,000-yard wideouts to have to contend with. I'm going to say this to you, man. Pete Carroll. What a job of coaching, man. What a, what a, what a, what a fantastic, fantastic job of rebuilding on the fly. Good for him. Good for him. Seattle's a good-looking football team. And you're, you're in the middle of a stretch of a big run of teams. Don't get hurt. Don't lose anybody. Because you're going to need everybody. This ain't playing the Houston Texans anymore. It didn't play Kenny Pickett. Seattle's a team. I'll tell you what. As good as... Now, the key will be, and I happen to agree with Tone... <laughs> Look at Kayvon. Geno's overrated, but not Jalen. Right? 
What makes you say that? What would make you say that? Your love of the Eagles? Okay, that's fair. That's okay. I, hey, Eagle Clips, you're right. The interior of the offensive line for um, for Seattle is a concern. It is. Yale says that Geno has to play same or better than he did a year ago. And I agree. I think that's the story in Seattle. I completely believe that that's the story. It, it, he's got to play close to what he did or better. Look at what coaching does, though. All right. We're going to look at the edge rushers of the Eagles. Week out from training camp. Week out from training camp. And we'll take a look at them and how they fit into the Sean Desai scheme of things. Please hit the like button. Hour number two, keep it here on the National Football Show. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit. And the hits. Go for the stakes. And the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first. <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go first. And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. All right, did you know I was the mommy slam dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. <sighs> so go to right, go to look. Fake a mom. Mama, go. Oh, mama! She did it. Again. You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh-huh.
Eagles. Hour number two, Big Sills. Please hit the like button. Who has a better season this coming year in 2023? Rashad Penny, DeAndre Swift, or Miles Sanders? Who has who who has a better year? Who helps their team more? This ought to be interesting to hear this one. Who helps their team more? Whoever's the healthiest. Gain well. Wait, you've got this great collection of running backs that you're being told. Surely one of those guys will have a better year than Miles Sanders. Swift will have a better year than Miles Sanders. Huh. Who's Scott? Oh, Boston Scott. I forgot that guy. Sanders had one 1,000-yard season. Penny has played more than like eight games, none or once in his career, I think. I'm not losing sleep over it, says Yale. So you're running back this year is your quarterback again. So you're not going to be able to replace Miles Sanders, 1,300 yards and 11 touchdowns is what you're saying. Hmm. Oh, well, we're going to do it with everyone in the room. That'll be interesting to see how they do that. Kenneth Gainwell one week, Boston another week, Penny when he's healthy, Swift, got to figure him out. You got to figure out how to use DeAndre Swift first, but then the other guys. So there's not a chance in hell I think you make up for 1,300 yards and 11 touchdowns with the collection of enterprise rent-a-cars you have at the Novacare Center at the running back position, which means – the old QB, baby, has to pick up the load. That's why he makes $50 million, though. Oh, man. Jalen Hurts throwing for 4,000 yards? Not a chance. It's not because he can't. He won't. He won't. <laughs> Got to heal up for the playoffs. I'm playing that guy in a stupid game at the end of the year. Why would I do that? Because Why? Because Jalen worries about stats, he doesn't. They can't stop me. You're crazy as ever, dude. Why? Your guy's never played a full season in the NFL in his career yet. How's that crazy? How is that crazy? He's never played an NFL full season. How's that crazy? Crazy is something that hasn't happened. And you're predicting it to happen. 
This is something he is. Okay? Seals, I bet you he'll throw Twiz. He's not going to. Geno threw for 4,500 yards last year with 2,000-yard receivers and 1,000-yard back. Jalen's not going to – he's not going to do that because now he's being asked to carry them. Hey, by the way, he's got to have more carries now. With the Enterprise car rental guys you have there, again, at the Novacare Center, Jalen Hurts will probably have 235 carries this year. Smith, 42-82, technically. Let's see, 8, 9, 10. Uh, that's about 500 yards more. Eight more touchdowns. 220 more attempts. Led the NFL at completion. Hey, I'm with you, Tone. I don't think he does it again. No way. I, I, hey, as much as I say about Hurts, I want to see that more than anything. If Gino could duplicate that, because I do not believe he could play like that. I think he caught everybody with their draws down. He won't this year. However, man, they got some talented people around him. He, they've got some talented people, and they got some good coaching around him. He, he, he's got, he's got a chance. And hey, and for the record, you know that contract extension that he signed? It's actually a one-year deal, and they could bail on it at the end of the year. And they could go into the draft and draft one of these quarterbacks and move up into the draft. This guy falls on his face again. So, I mean, you know, they're in a pretty good position. Okay. Great. And, and, I, and I didn't know, I, I, I didn't know that they had two 1,000 yard wideouts. I, I did not know that. So, yeah, man, Miles Sanders. Should have a better year. He may make seven million a year. Combine these guys don't make seven million. Combined. Combine the whole rent a car room at the Novacare Center, known as the running back room in Philly, doesn't make as much as Sanders. Or it makes as much. Technically. <laughs> yeah. Woo! Oh man. Now, let me ask you this one before we get to edge rushers with the Eagles. I can't wait to hear Tone and everyone else on this one. If you had to draft a wide receiver right now on the Eagles, who would you take, A.J. Brown or Devontae Smith? Who would you take? really wow I'm staying out of this one Tone all right look at Smith homegrown loyal to the soil This is almost like a Jeter and an A-Rod question. Most Yankee fans would always say Jeter, even though A-Rod was the better player. 
A-Rod was the better player. Okay? A-Rod was 10 times the player Jeter was. Hey, Dan, don't feel bad for these running backs. Why do they all wait till contract years to bail on L- Christian McCaffrey bailed out, balled out all the time, got paid. Alvin Kamara balled out, got paid. These other dudes showed they're all about them. Waited till the last year of their contracts you're talking. Okay. AJ Moore physical. Mickey Mantle. Hey, Greasy, Mickey Mantle, Roger Maris. So you guys would take Smith, Devontae Smith. Man, who would Big Sills take if you had to draft a wide receiver off the Eagles right now to put on your team? A.J. Brown or Devontae Smith? Man. I hate this question, Sills. (laughs) (laughs) Smith will last longer? AJ had big plays, too. Okay, Jace. Man! I want to be right here. Loki, pick one. I'm going to go with you, Loki. Loki, I'm taking your take. Devontae Smith or A.J. Brown, who are you taking? And I'm going to go with you. Here's Tone. Oh, he's waffling. A.J. Brown was a monster last year. Smith was a pure technician. What are you picking? Who are you taking? Smith. Who are you taking? I'm waffling my ass off. (laughs) Skinny Batman Williams. Okay, I'm going to take Devontae Smith over A.J. Brown if I had to draft one of the Eagle wide receivers. Here's why. My true assessment of him, I couldn't have been more wrong about a guy's body frame, about whether or not he could take the contact. That was my only concern. He was electric in space in the SEC. He played in a wide receiver room that was dynamic. He was fabulous. Played against some of the best defensive backs that are in the NFL today that were in the Southeastern Conference. I thought it was going to be a physical issue. But when you watch him run his routes, his hands, 
He's learning how to um, use his body to defend against the referee on 50-50 balls. By the way, I do think he's got to get a little better on 50-50 footballs being thrown up. But I will say that for me, long period, the next five years, who will be a better ball player, A.J. Brown or Devontae Smith? And who who will Jalen benefit more from? I think it's the kid from Alabama. I do. Um, he look, AJ Brown was underutilized in Tennessee. He was underutilized there, and they didn't know what they had. The Eagles figured it out like they did with Hassan Reddick. So to me. If you're drafting a guy right now off that Eagle team, and I mean, here, and you know what's crazy? I would even say this to you. Is AJ better than DK Metcalf? Damn. I don't know. 2021, I would agree about 50-50 balls. Smith took a huge jump when it came to 50-50 balls in 2022. Still room to improve. He's getting better. Now, remember something. He's in the WR2 spot, not the WR1 spot. You know, you don't get the best corner. You know, Devontae doesn't go against the best corner. The best corner lines up against Brown. So that's a different dynamic too. C.D. Lamb had to go and find that out, and he struggled early on last year. He got better as the year went on because he started figuring it out. And I think Devontae would do the same thing, Okay. But I, I don't think it would be something like this. I don't think it would be something like this where when Juju Smith-Schuster was put in the one role in Pittsburgh after um, A.J. Brown left, and all of a sudden the whole thing just fell apart and you realize who Juju Smith-Schuster was, I do not believe it'd be that. Brown's better than Metcalf. That's a big, that's a big comment to be made because DK's a heck of a player. He is a better route runner and better hands. Yes, I think he's a little stiff, DK Metcalf, but he gets the job done up there. He totally does. All right. I want to take a look at the Philadelphia Eagle pass rushers now. As we're a week out from the start of training camp, and I want to get a look at the edge. This group coming back is what? Give me a grade. Give me a grade on what you think the Eagle pass rushers are. The guys that are coming back. And again, we still have to wait and see how the side is going to play. I might get all that. B plus. A minus. A plus. A minus. B. All right. Let's take a look at it. The Eagle pass rush room. You start with the guy with the most, Hassan Reddick. Um, three years in a row, double-digit sacks. 16 last year, 19 and a half, counting the postseason. 50 tackles in the regular season. Was number one on third down sacks and number one in forced fumbles. Is an elite pass rusher. 
he completely is when he's put in that role. Um, and we're talking pass rusher here. How good is he compared to the rest of the guys like TJ Watt? Um, is he better than Micah Parsons as a pure pass rusher? Parsons is asked to do more. So when you're asked to do more, you're more valuable. But Reddick, in the job that he does, like, like here, follow me here. Micah Parsons as a pass rusher to me from the edge, I think he's a B. Whereas I think Hassan Reddick is a strong A. And now, now look, when we change the question, and I have to change the question, who's a better ball player? Parsons is a better ball player. But then you could turn around and go, yeah, but Sills, what he's asked to do, he's a lead in every single category that affects pass rushing, causes to- causes fumbles, TFLs, sacks when it counts the most. So you have to put that into the conversation as well. You you have to. And, and I get it, Jamison. You're right. Parsons can cover. But now we're expanding the question again. We're talking about the pass rushers of the Eagles here. Not the most complete players. Pass rushing, getting home. Okay? I'm not asking you who the most complete player is. Because that is Parsons. But who's a better pass rusher? And get this. This is not an opinion. Reddick's numbers speak to it. If he does this again, this will be four years in a row that he'll have double-digit sacks. And I don't think, barring any injury here, that he's not going to not put that up there. Um, 50 tackles? I'm, where would I put him in, like, Max Crosby, Judon, Miles Garrett, TJ, Nick Boza? Those are different ball players. But, like, I mean, Nick Boza was right to be named the Defensive Player of the Year. He was spectacular against the run. He was great in pass rushing. And he did all of those things, and I give it to you. And when the Eagles, again, I'm changing the question here a little bit, and I'm moving the sticks, which is not fair to what we're evaluating here. I'll tell you something, and this goes into why I had a problem with him last year. I really can't get a handle on what he is still. Outside of being a really great pass rusher, he's athletic as hell. But you know what he is? When you're talking about a pure pass rusher, is he the best pass rusher in the league? I mean, you want you want to stick to the question. Okay? Let's stick to the question. Is he the best pass rusher in the league? How does one get better at defending the run in the offseason without live reps? Um He'll never be better than that. But I don't want him to be, Tone. 
you 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 either play the run and you're great at it with your hands or you're not. I've seen certain guys get better at it, but you've got to have a nasty disposition. You've got to have great hands. You've got to be able to take on blocks. You have to be able to withstand the pounding of a 17-game schedule. And you got to hang in there. Okay? Sometimes you're triple teamed, which means 900 pounds a guy. Okay, so when you're playing the run and you got to take on Trent Williams or you got to take on Lane Johnson in consecutive weeks, how do you think you're going to do if you're 235 pounds? You're going to be turned into a screw. Okay? You're going to be turned into a screw. I would say Von Miller, too, still. I think him not being on the field hurt the Buffalo Bills late in the year. But I would also say this. Hassan Reddick has got to be considered one of the top three pass rushers in the game. And at $15 million, I think that's what his number is. That's a steal. Like, here, let me, let me, let me, let me show you something here. If you put Hassan Reddick on the market after the year he just had, and you put him on the market right now, you would have to pay him in excess of $25 million. Yeah, I, I believe you'd have to pay him $25 million. He'd make $10 million more. Okay? A-plus player. When it comes to pass rushing. He's an A-plus pass rusher. Josh Sweat, 11 11 sacks a year ago. If Reddick goes off again, those negotiations will be interesting. Yeah, because he'll be 32 then. 32 or 31. Then you got to start determining. Okay, he's 31. We're looking at short-term deals, two-year deals. If I'm Reddick, I would sign it to a year deal at $25 million a year. Give me twenty give me twenty-five per guarantee. Or if you want to give me twenty, give me upfront bonus money. I'll sign for $15 million. You give me more upfront money. $20 million a year, dual, and you go like this. Hey, what's my sign-up bonus? You give me a $25 million sign-up bonus on top of that, we're in. Ain't no hometown discounts. Nobody gives hometown discounts. Players do not. Jalen didn't. Twiz. Jalen didn't give a hometown discount. Why should Hassan Reddick? Quentin Williams, Yale says, just signed for $100 million. Yeah, he's 24 years old. He's 25 years old. He's a young superstar player. Let me go to Josh Sweat. 11 sacks. He's your best three-down lineman. And I didn't think he could set the edge. And I didn't think... Here, in my opinion, he's trending to be like Brian Burns of Carolina. And I happen to have a high opinion of Brian Burns. 
in Carolina. He's built the same. They're kind of like the same player. He's quick getting outside. He does not let players get to his outside edge and forces everything back in. His pass rushing skills have gotten better. His rip, his swim, his inside move all gotten better. He plays the run exceptionally well for a 255-pound guy. Um, You know, um, what's the guy? Hey, Tone, what was the guy that played in Dallas all them years at defensive end? DeMarcus Ware? Not quite, but like that. Not quite, but like that. Okay? You know? Like the Marcus Ware. Kind of like that guy. Okay? The Marcus Ware is going into the Hall of Fame. Absolutely. Now, will he have a Hall of Fame career? I don't know. But he's got the same... And when I say those things like that, Tone, I'm talking about skill set. Now, will you have the production of DeMarcus Ware? I don't know. Levin Sachs is outstanding for a defensive end and a pass rusher who could play the run and turns things back inside and sets the edge. And today with the NFL quarterbacks that break perimeter and are trying to get outside, Aaron Rodgers is a perimeter passer. And for them to set the edge like that, Josh Sweat, fourth-round guy you found, right? Spectacular. That on your defense, of all the players you have on defense, probably is the best player that you've drafted with the best skill that plays on that side of the ball. As of today. He's a good-looking football player. Let me say this to you. Hey, does anyone know when Josh Sweat's contract is up? Because when Josh Sweat's contract is up, I I think he's a young man. When his contract is up, he's a $20 million a year guy too. He won't finish his career in Philly. He will not. Because a guy like that, if if Josh Sweat were to go out into the open market right now, For as big as he is, how old is he too? For as big as he is and as tall as he is, um, and God forbid if he's young, because if he's young, he's a $20 million a year guy right now. If you put Josh Sweat on the Ope, you know what's really great about this? Look at the financial money you saved. Hassan Reddick's a 25. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. 
that crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Million dollar a year guy. If you put sweat on the open market, he's a $20 million guy. So Loki goes, he's 27, so he must be on a second deal. Um, then I would say, okay, he's got two years remaining, 29, 30. Sweat will be a free agent in 2025, and he'll be 28 by then. Sweat's 26. He'll get 30, he'll get $20 million. In two years, at 28, he continues to trend the way he's going. He's a $25 million guy. No such thing as hometown discounts. Quarterback didn't take one. Why should the other guys be expected to? Average salary is 13, 25 million. He's underpaid. He's underpaid. It's funny. You guys want all these guys to take hometown discounts? The quarterback didn't. Why should they? I put Brandon Graham, number three, 11 sacks. 35, 36 years old. Um, he has been a really solid defensive end. He's He's been a solid end. How he caught him on the come up. Sweat had a slow rise due to injuries pre-draft. Yep. I mean, he's a Florida State kid, right, Tone? I think I remember that. And if I'm not mistaken, I think Brian Burns is a Florida State guy. And I think th- these guys were these guys were there during Dumbo Fisher's time. And Dumbo Fisher did a really nice job at recruiting these edge rushers. And um, so th- I think the kid Burns is an FSU dude too. Those guys all played for Dumbo Fisher. So they had they did a really good job at rushing the passer because they had to get to Clemson's quarterbacks to Sean Watson. And um, make no mistake about it. Okay. So end of the day, you sit here and you go through the motions here. Tone, we good? Tone, we good? Having a little trouble here. We're good. Okay, fantastic. Okay. Um, Yeah, man, for some reason, again, we're having a... Hey, Tone, I want to take a timeout because I'm having a little trouble on my end here. If we could take a timeout right now, keep it here on the National Football Show.
Here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. Save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Hi everybody, my name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech, we offer three major services. The first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go first! 
and go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. All right, did you know I was the mommy slam dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, go to left, fake a mama. Mama, go up, mama! She did it. Again, you can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh huh. National Football Show. Appreciate you guys being patient with us. Thank you so much. Um, we were talking about the Eagle Pass rushers here. We were talking about Hassan Reddick. Also, Armando Sargero, who's a Hall of Fame voter, works for Outkick, will join us at 5.30. He covers the Miami Dolphins, so that will be at 5.30. That's an opponent, obviously, for the Philadelphia Eagles as well. And we talked about Reddick. Again, Think, think about what you guys have done. Look at the cash value that Howie Roseman has done on defense and getting the return on investment. You're paying Hassan Reddick $15 million. He's a $25 million a year guy. Josh Sweat's a $20 million a year guy. If you put Josh Sweat on the open market right now at 26 years of age, he's a $20 million guy. Brandy Graham. 35-36. He's a solid defensive end. Let me give you my take on him and his career in Philly. Slow starter. I believe he's a Michigan guy. Um, In the history of the Philadelphia Eagles, Brandon Graham. And, you know, I heard Sal Palantonio make one of the most Ridiculous comments of all time. He's not a pro football Hall of Famer. He will not be even considered for it. 50 sacks. He's been a great eagle. But to put him in the conversation with guys with 100 sacks who aren't in the Hall of Fame is a joke. It's not remotely close to that. He's been a really good ball player. And there's no shade. He's been a great community guy. If you're, if I'm looking and, and see, you're not going to get a fair assessment when you listen to people in Philly talking Brandon Graham. I'm not talking Brandon Graham, the man here. That has nothing to do with what I'm talking about here for your edge rushers. This has nothing to do with the man. So don't be offended by it. If you look at his career, who would I com- like? He's not better than Clyde Simmons. He's not a better player than Clyde Simmons. He's not. Um, 
if I were to compare him to somebody, like a Leonard Marshall type career, Leonard Marshall played on a really good defensive football team. Okay, played on a really good football team in New York and was a super solid guy when it came to putting numbers up. But at the end of the day, again, he was on a team with really good ball players. And I will say this about Brandon. He's gotten better and better and better, and he's aged great. And his best years have been on his back nine than his front nine. Is that fair? His better years have been on the back nine than what they were on the front nine. Angel, that has nothing to do with the player. Got a ring? Great. Okay? Great. So did Carson Wentz. Great. Okay? Brandon Graham was a smaller type edge rusher, but still very strong. He's been a really good player. He really has. Okay? Steve, he's been a good player. Willie McGinnis name. Willie McGinnis. Willie McGinnis. I think Willie McGinnis was a really good ball player. Yeah. Something like that. That's a better comparison. That's a better comparison. Name. Yeah. Willie was a good ball player. Okay? Hey, in relative, know this. I'm not taking a shot at him. He's been, he's going to get an Eagle Hall of Fame jacket, and he deserves it. He's been, he's been just, he's been a solid guy, man, and a really good ball player. Just a really good ball player. Okay? I mean, and last year, 11 sacks, um, he was, he 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 was a really good player for them last year. He was, man. Really, a really good, really good ball player. But when I think of Brandon Graham, I don't think of spectacular. Reddick is spectacular. Sweat is turning himself into a dynamic ball player. I mean it. Um you, you know what though, Steve? Steve, it's not any shade. I mean, when you, how about this, Steve, when you talk about one of the greatest Eagles in the last 50 years, he's one of them. Okay. He's one of them. He's one of the best in the last 50 years on defense has been Brandon Graham. Okay. Steve, I get it. No. Hey, now when you add the man, you add what he's meant to the community, what he's meant to the locker room what he's meant to everything in Philly, his passion for the place. Dude, he'll go down in history as one of the most revered Philadelphia sports figures of all time. Dude, that's, you know, Brandon Graham just didn't get drafted to Philadelphia. Brandon Graham, I mean, he didn't get drafted to the Eagles. He got drafted to Philly, and that's how he looked at it. He got drafted to your city, and he looked at it that way. That I play here, I live here, I'm going to prosper here, I'm going to retire here, I'm going to be a Philadelphian. Okay? 
there's value to that to me in an organization. And it's clearly why they brought him back. Okay? Fans love him and respect him. And like I said, if I'm giving him... And by the way, so you know, I think being honored as a Hall of Fame football player in Philadelphia, it's a little different than being honored as a Hall of Famer with the Jets or the Titans or the Jags. It's one of the original monster teams in the league. You got Ben Eriks in there and you're being considered with Reggie and Jerome and all them dudes, Seth and players that were monster defenders. So you win one of those honors of being retired as a Hall of Fame Eagle. That's a psychotic honor. It's a psychotic honor. Psychotic. So you, when, I mean, that jacket, hey, Hall of Fame is great. Okay, my consolation prize is I'm a Hall of Fame Eagle. I'd, I'd be, I'd go to bed in that jacket. That something was ever put on me, I'd go to bed in it. I'd be buried in it. We'll see what he can do this year, what kind of reps he has and what kind of impact he has at 36. Fletcher Cox. You know, when you look at Fletcher's year, bumpy at first, seven sacks for a DT, the 10 million makes sense especially with what they have um, in all the young players. Okay? Especially in what they have with all the young players here. Seven sacks with an interior defensive tackle. Hey, hey um, what's, what's Fletcher's age? Is he 32? Because seven sacks is outstanding. And I didn't think the $10 million was worth it. Now, I completely think... $10 million is worth it. And he he's 32. He may be underpaid. I think this is the last year you're going to squeeze. Okay? I This is the last year I think you're going to squeeze that orange before it turns into a lemon. Because he's getting on that back end here. Now, I'll tell you something else. What you're hoping for, if you're Philly, is that Jalen Carter and Jordan Davis become the starters. Then you come back to Fletcher Cox next year and you dump him down to $7 million, and he's a backup for you. And he rotates in there with those guys. And then you'd have him for another year. I wonder how he would go for that. Or if somebody would pay him $10 million on the open market or would you rather stay at home in a comfort zone? Let's see how it plays out. But my take on Fletcher Cox's career, um, a really great football player, lateral movement, enormous, played the run, pass rush. One of my favorite defensive tackles in the last 25 years. Um, impactful player, helped his linebackers out, leader, the whole thing. When he got more help last year, he became even better in the back end of the season on the schedule. By the season's end, he was playing some really good football. Fletcher, 
at 32 years of age, had a really good year. Seven sacks, interior defensive tackle. Let me just put it to you this way. There are very few. He only had two off of what Aaron Donald did. Now, Aaron Donald missed time, but Aaron Donald only had two more sacks. And if you put Fletcher Cox's career next to Adamic and Sue's career, Sue's going to be debated for the Hall of Fame. You would have to debate Fletcher. How would, has Fletcher Cox had a Hall of Fame career? Interior defensive tackle. Here. I'm going to make a comment here about Fletcher. Okay. I'm going to make a comment here about Fletcher Cox. And I saw something. And I want to, I want, before I answer it, I want, I want to tell Tone this. Um, I will make this comment to you. After the season so far, Fletch Cox would have earned $125.9 million as a Philadelphia Eagle. Um, Fletcher Cox is better than Bryant Young. Let me look this up for a second. Remember, I'm on. This is one of the reasons we have all the Hall of Famers on Armando Salguero. I'm also on his panel, along with Jason Coles, along with Howard Balzers, and all these guys. Okay. Bryant Young stats. He's got 89.5. Fletcher Cox stats. He's got 65.32. Gets another seven. That puts him at 72. Plays one more year after that, another seven, has 80. If he ends up with 80 sacks or more, with two Super Bowl, with a Super Bowl ring, two NFC titles, maybe two Super Bowl rings. Mm. How many Pro Bowls? I've never looked this up. Fletcher Cox. According to Wikipedia, Fletcher. Six Pro Bowls? Six Pro Bowls, 80 sacks. If he gets 14 more sacks, six Pro Bowls, two NFC titles, and a Super Bowl. 
I think he's a I Bryant Young. According to Wikipedia, four Pro Bowls. One Super Bowl. Fletcher Cox is going to get really a lot of, um, he's going to get a lot of conversation, I would think. Man, if he can make another Pro Bowl too, put seven Pro Bowls up. And more Pro Bowls, obviously, than Jerome. Obviously, we know what happened there. But has there been another defensive tackle in the history of the Eagles better than Fletcher Cox? Have you guys had a better defensive tackle than him? Reggie's an end. I know he moved up and down the line of scrimmage. He could have pretty much played any position he wanted. Um. Has has there been a better defensive tackle in Eagle history than him? Now you probably go back to the Vermeil guys. Fletcher's the greatest defensive tackle in the history of the Eagles. Reggie's the greatest um, defensive lineman of all time. Got to consider him. Fletcher Cox has had a fabulous. Yeah. See, Reggie, you could put tone. You could put Reggie in a slant one, three technique, five technique, seven technique. You could have put him anywhere. Shit, he could have probably played tight end for you. He's just it was, you know, unbelievable. Greatest guy on the planet. I loved him to death. Um, You know what's funny? I met him. You, hey, Tony, you guys, you're not going to believe this, but I met him when I was 17 years old. Right, man. He's like this. You could have put Reggie in a parking lot. He'd still sack your quarterback. Dude, you could have put him in a refrigerator, and he'd find a way to get to your quarterback. I met I met Reggie White when I was, I think, 18 or 19 years old, not 17. I met him um, – Craziest thing I've ever seen. It was my freshman year at Maryland, and we played in the Citrus Bowl against Tennessee. And we all get this. It's one of the coolest things of all time. Sills is Parsons overrated. He does zero against the Eagles. Yeah, because he can't get around them tackles. I think, how about this? Ace, I don't think he's overrated. I think he's overhyped. Does that make sense? Okay, you guys, hey, hey, Yale, check this out. So I, we, we, we get invited. Maryland plays Tennessee. Boomer was the quarterback. Frank Wright was actually the backup quarterback and finished the game because Boomer got hurt in the game. I think Reggie hurt him. And um, it was so cool because in Disney World, they shut the entire park down for us. It was the first year of Space Mountain. So it was the Tennessee guys and it was the Maryland guys. We had the entire park to ourselves 
for the Citrus Bowl. And this was 1983. It closed the, it was the one of the first years of like Epcot Center, too. I think Epcot Center's stupid. I mean, it's in a ball. It's like, I don't know. I there's nothing to it. Disney World now, if you can handle the heat, is awesome. Okay? It's 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 awesome. But to me, man, um, so but Reggie hung out with all the Maryland guys, hung out with everybody. Okay. It's just absolutely one of the best, absolute places and one of the funnest times. And that was the first time I got a chance uh, to meet Reggie White. I met him before Jerome, actually. And then Jerome obviously introduced me to him. Just a super dude, man. Just an absolute super guy. So, hey, to go back full center here, Fletcher Cox has had a great career and will be considered for the Hall of Fame. I'm looking at the pass rushers now that's on Philadelphia. Milton Williams. How many people like Milton Williams? How many people like Milton Williams? Hey, by the way, four sacks in a reserve role? Had almost 40 tackles in a reserve role? This guy improved a lot last year. This guy improved. I, I'm a big fan of Milton Williams. 500-pound bench presser, 36 tackles. I like how he improved as a player. And to me, I think he's a great rotation guy in what could be one of the better defensive lines if this and everything comes to center here. I like Milton Williams. Four sacks? Hey, he, he's, he, he can play, man. And again, he's a guy that Howie found. I like Milton Plays the run well, versatile on the D-line. Could play end, too, by the way. He's a good football player, man. I'll tell you what, you put Milton Williams on the open market, he would get gobbled up for the price tag that he has. Like Somebody like Seattle would love him. He'd, he'd be a great fit in Seattle. And they'd move him all over the place, too, man. I think he's an important piece of this thing this year. Jordan Davis, zero sacks. Um, I see no sign he's going to be an impact guy when it comes to sacking a quarterback. So to me, he's a two down, you know, Hey, last year, this time I said the same thing about Josh sweat. Hey, see, see what I'm saying here, guys. I said the same thing about Josh sweat. I thought he was a two down lineman. I didn't think he was a three down lineman. Okay, maybe Jordan Davis changes that narrative about himself. It's not going to be me changing the narrative on him. Right now, no sacks, no pressure, really nothing to show on any kind of skill getting to the quarterback. He's not in the backfield a lot. He's not a disruptive guy. Okay, he plays the run well, but again, that's one-dimensional. That's a fire hydrant. That's not an impact guy. Seals... Did you ever play? Did you ever want to be an eagle with Brown? You know what our goal was? To be in the Pro Bowl together. That's what my goal was. What well, well, us to be the the closest we ever came was we got Pro Bowl ballots, ballots, and we got on the Pro Bowl ballot together. I showed it to you. 
and we got votes and we voted for one another. So the closest we ever came to that dream was we voted for one another because we both made the ballot. We weren't starters to both of us. I have the ballot. I've showed it to you guys. Um, that, that's as close as we got because of my end and not panning out. Jalen Carter, rookie, hard to tell right now on July 18th until we've seen him play. But I've said this to you before. Um, I think he's going to be the best defensive lineman here. I'm going to say something here. Tone? James? Jalen Carter will be a better football player than Quentin Williams. He's a better prospect. Um, he's just got more skill. I I just believe this. this now this is an opinion. Okay, this is an opinion. I believe that he's going to be, I think he's going to be better than Quentin Williams. I think he's going to be the best defensive tackle in the, that includes Jonathan Allen, the other kid in Washington. I think he'll be the best defensive tackle in the NFC East. I think he's a great, great, great player. He didn't have 12 and a half sacks his rookie year. I think he's going to be that good. When you watch him and you watch his film, feet are great, tap dancer, hands are great, engages, plays that two, three gap so well, man, disengages off the lineman, knows how to use his hands. He is so freaking skilled. I mean, you watch his skill set versus Jordan Davis's. I mean, it's like watching Richard Seymour and Vince Wolfork, two really good ball players. And I would make this comment to you. Hey, Tone, you want to make a comparison? You're looking at Richard Seymour and Vince Wolfork. Okay? Are you comfortable with those two guys playing in your D-line? I am. If you had Richard Seymour and you had Vince Wolfork as your two D-tackles, would you be okay with that? That that's kind of what I see. Don't don't ex- hey. I don't have any expectations for for Jordan Davis to be this dude. If you get five sacks out of him, that'll be five sacks more than he's had in the last nine years. Okay. If Davis can get four sacks, it's a right, right. Best wide receiver in the East. That kid McLaurin's good. Lamb is overhyped. Um, Carter can beat his man and get to the backfield. Hey, how about this? What Carter's going to do, as long as Jordan Davis plays the run well, do you know how many? Do you know how many plays Jordan Davis is going to make? because of the pressure Carter's going to bring and Fletcher 
Fletcher's a disruptive guy. He gets back there and makes TFLs. It, all Jordan Davis has to do is man down the fort, and they're going to funnel. I'll tell you one thing he does do well. You know, he eats the guy up in front of him. He may not be the pass rushing skill guy, but you're not going to blow him off the ball if healthy. You're not blowing him off the ball. He, he He's going to be like Sam Adams in there, Wolfwork, guys like that who are instrumental in keeping your linebackers healthy. You, do you know how many play? Dude, he's going to make a ton of plays because of Carter. And, and I, I think that's how they're going to look at this. Okay? Like, would it shock me if Jordan Davis had 40 tackles? If Jordan Davis gives you 40 tackles with four sacks, he might make the Pro Bowl. He might make the Pro Bowl because the E. How about this? If Jordan Davis, if, if Jalen Carter gets you eight sacks, I'm expecting around eight sacks out of him. And you get four out of the other guy and you get seven out of Fletcher. Be, that'll be, and then you get Milt Williams rolling around in there. It'd be better than the group you had a year ago. It would, you would be an upgrade. You would have a better group than you did a year ago. And Dean might make the Pro Bowl. The last guy before I take a timeout here, Nolan Smith. I cannot wait to see how they use this guy. I think he's a human bullet. Watch him on film. Boy, quick feet. Gets out in the open. Can cover. Gets to the quarterback and hits him. This guy's got a little Wilbur Marshall in him, okay? Like a little bit of a Wilbur Marshall. Kind of a little bit, you know, who was that guy? Pat Swilling. Kind of reminds me more of Pat Swilling, something like that. Pat Swilling was a fabulous pass rusher. Fabulous. Look up Pat Swilling's numbers. Pat Swilling could play. And he kind of reminds me of Pat. Okay, 6'2", 6'3", 238. That's kind of what Pat was. Ricky Jackson kind of guy. This guy's faster, though. So he's swilling was fast. Just so you know, because some of you guys are going, this guy's comparing this guy to a nobody. Pat Swilling? Here, I'll show you. Pat Swilling stats. I don't think you guys understand who he was. And so kind of, just so you know, before I take a timeout. Okay, Pat Swilling, stack total. 107.5 in his career. 17, 11, 16 and a half, 10 and a half, 13 and a half, 7, 8, 6. This guy ended his career... His 12-year career with 107 sacks. Guy was a heck of a ball player. Okay. Niner all damn day. Thank you, brother. All right, I'm going to take a timeout. Armando Salguero. It is going to be the Tua versus Jalen Hurts Bowl. That Dolphin team could be a factor. But it all depends on the quarterback, doesn't it? Power hour. Hall of Fame voter Armando Salguero from OutKick will join us at 5.30 Eastern. Keep it here on the National Football Show. 
Here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. Save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Hi everybody, my name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech we offer three major services. The first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you're having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles. I don't know if I'm going to say this because some of you can't handle it. And I always get myself in trouble when I go down these racial lanes. And it's been the... Backdrop of my career. You know, it's funny. I've been at some of the greatest stations in the history of radio. KGO 810, um, KMBR, DAE, QAM. And every time I go down these lanes, bits and pieces get taken out of it. Then you're called a racist. So I'm always hesitant now to kind of go there. But I am. So you got a white guy in Oklahoma, Brent Venables, that's taking a shit on Deion Sanders and saying, you know, we give guys three years to figure out the process here. We don't just hand out pink slips. Well, that's a white guy talking. 
as great as Dion is, he's a black guy. He doesn't have time to win. White guys talk like that. Brent Venerables thinks he's got three years at Oklahoma to turn the culture around. Dion has three minutes to turn the culture around because he's a black coach. There's a reason there's 137 Division I college football programs and only seven black coaches because they don't get time. They don't get the time to hand out library cards. Hey, we give you three years to see if you're going to figure it out. You think a black coach and a black guy gets a chance to have three years to turn his program around? That's called white guy entitlement. That's a white guy. Tone goes like this. Wow, that is a wild ratio. Who, who, who have all the you got a, you got an African American coach at Notre Dame? Southeastern Conference. Let's take a look at that. Alabama, no. Auburn, no. Auburn, you got a guy who used a credit card to buy whores. And he was at Ole Miss. Got the Auburn job. They weren't giving that to Dion. Dion should have got that Auburn job. Let's see. Any black any, any black coaches in the SEC? Herm Edwards is at ASU a couple of years ago. Credit cards for hookers. You can't do that. Thank you. Are there any black coaches in the Southeastern Conference? The premier college football conference. I never thought about that. So what you do is you give all the black guys, the University of Buffalo's and the Toledo jobs and like the bullshit jobs that no one wants. Okay. Don't give them premier jobs. You don't have one black coach in the SEC coaching all them black kids. And you want me to talk about affirmative action. And get this. Yeah, you got three years to turn cult. Well, no, maybe not. Maybe not in um, the SEC uh, three years. You got three minutes there, too, because I don't give a shit what your color is. They just care about winning. But you got Brent Venerable saying, yeah, you know, we've given our guys, you know, we think it's three. He thinks he's got three years at OU. Well, he'll hang his ass out to dry. He's got another losing season. By the way, if Dumbo Fisher has another losing season, it'll be the first time in 50 years Texas A&M has back-to-back losing seasons. 
You think that guy making $8 million a year is going to keep his job? Eh. Okay? He said all of them black kids. So? Black kids, white kids, they're all players. I mean, end of the day, you got 137 Division I football programs. You got seven NFL, you got seven coaches that are black that are coaching programs that are elite. That's a disgrace. That's a disgrace. It's a disgrace. And you're now taking shots at Deion. You think Deion Sanders has three years to turn Colorado around? I'm, I pull for Deion. I am 100% behind what he's doing. I pray to God he succeeds. And I pray to God he wins a national title. I am so pulling for him. Because do you know that he is the number one guy with the most pressure on him of any coach in the country this year? Because, well, you know, he was in the historically black colleges. You know, you guys get to stay there. But now you get a program that's got some resources behind it. And you got an opportunity to recruit. And you got an opportunity to go recruit in Florida to get some of those kids out of South Florida and get some of these kids maybe to flip. You got the transfer portal. Dion's going to win there. Dion, Dion, Dion's going to win. It may not look great the first year, but he's going to win. Okay? He's going to win. Scott's right. How many black ADs? Not very many. All I tell you is without a doubt, when you hear a guy like Brett Venerables saying, you know, we give we gave our guys when we moved in here to Norman three years to figure it out, and we helped some guys find new places. That's a guy who's entitled, who talks like a white guy, who thinks he's got time, and he does, versus a guy who doesn't have time. If Dion fails, they'll fire him in a minute. They're waiting for him to fail. So when I when I saw Brett Venerable say that, and you see the guy at Pitt said the same thing too. Because you know what's happening? Dion's raiding rosters. Because I'll tell you what, if I got a phone call and it was Deion Sanders on the phone, I'm going to go play for him. So one more time here, before I bring my friend Armando Salgaro in, you got Deion Sanders and you hearing a guy like Brett Venerable saying that he's got three years to turn a program around at Oklahoma and he hates what Deion's doing. That's a white guy talking. Okay. That's a white guy talking who's entitled because he thinks he's got three years to turn OU around. Bro, they're going to fire your ass in two minutes. It's Oklahoma, son. Deion Sanders is not passing out library cards. He's passing out pink slips. That guy needs to win. I'm pulling for Deion. I am.
As long as he doesn't play against UM, we're good. Let's bring in Armando Salguero from OutKick, our friend here. And, hey, you know what kills me about Dion having to be shipped out to Colorado? He should have got the Auburn job, okay, instead of Hugh Freeze. You know, Hugh likes to pass that credit card around. You know, I mean, he's a little frisky with the credit card. But he should have got that Auburn job, Rondo. I mean, that would have been a great rivalry between him and Nick. <laughs> I think uh, I think people in the SEC are a little bit more worried about Kirby Smart at this point, Big Sills. What can I tell you? Oh, no, no, no. He's out recruiting. He, he, he is completely out recruiting him right now. All right. I want, before I get into the Dolphins with you, here's my take on the running back conversation that's going on right now in the NFL. And you're a Hall of Fame voter. I'll tell you what, I told people, I think the last guys going into the Hall of Fame will be Adrian Peterson and maybe Derrick Henry because they're systematically phasing these guys out. When you see this, Armando, the second wide receiver on most teams are making more money than the top flight running backs like Josh Jacobs and Saquon Barkley. They're showing you right now, man. They don't want the 14 play drives like they did 20 years ago. They're, they're systematically trying to phase that out and trying to have it by committee. Am I right with what I'm saying? The stuff that's going on in Philly now, they'd rather have a committee than to sit there and pay $14 million for one guy. Yeah, I think the, the Eagles have five guys making $7.2 million, which replaces the one guy that is now in Carolina who was making $7.2 million. And what I would say to you, Dan, is that when you're making that comparison of the running back versus the number two wide receiver, I would say that the number two wide receiver is a three down player. The running back, with very rare exceptions now, is a one or two down player uh, because teams just, you know, obvious passing situations are obvious passing situations. And let's not get crazy. That's what they're going to do. Try. And they're going to put the best uh, available pass catchers in there. And that's often a, a receiver more than, say, a running back, unless, you know, we're talking about uh, Christian McCaffrey or somebody like that. Uh, look, I, I want to feel bad for those guys, but I can't. Because <laughs> I just can't. The game does what the game does, uh, and the agents have agreed to what they have agreed to. That's the reason that the franchise tag number has gone down by $900,000 in the last, uh, I would say, five or six years, whereas everybody else's franchise tag number has climbed. And, and, and let me add this, okay? So the highest paid running back in the NFL, I mentioned him already, is Christian McCaffrey. Has he won a Super Bowl? Nope. Has, he has he taken a team to a Super Bowl? Um, the second highest is Alvin Kamara. Is he taking the, New Orleans, taking the New Orleans Saints to a Super Bowl? The next guy is Derrick Henry. Amazing. Future Hall of Famer. Has he taken anyone to a Super Bowl? The next guy, Nick Chubb, great. What was the Browns record last year? Did they get in the playoffs? <laughs> My point is running backs are complementary players now. The, the days when Jim Brown put the team on his shoulders and said, 
follow me or let me carry you, that's not today's NFL anymore. That's right. No Zonka, Morris, and Kick. Those days are absolutely gone here. Hey, before um, we we go into the to the Dolphins here, just as an outlier here, you see Dalvin Cook signing with the Dolphins, or do you think that the Dolphins are saying exactly what you're saying now? What kind of impact? He is going to be a $5 million guy, which means to me he's affordable at least, Armando. We're not talking about $15 million here. We're talking about a guy who for the last five years has had 1,000 yards in those five straight years, and he's 28. Do you see the Dolphins making that investment, or are they happy with their room now? Uh, I don't think anyone is happy with their room. I don't think the Jets are happy with their room, yep. by the way. Um, and yet, I don't think that Dalvin Cook is happy with the figure you just mentioned. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't either. <laughs> so, uh, Dalvin Cook is arguably the best guy on the market. And by the way, that market right now includes Leonard Fournette, includes Ezekiel Elliott, includes Kareem Hunt. There are names. Oh, yes. Out yeah. There, right? And, and yet... Those guys have a certain plateau that they want to reach. The highest of those plateaus is Dalvin Cook. And I think that plateau is north and much higher than $5 million a year. Okay. The 2023 season for the Miami Dolphins will be defined. And here, and tell me if this is a direct result of it. Three straight wins, three straight losses. Five straight wins, five straight losses. I mean, you had such pitches last year, and that all came on the health of the quarterback, didn't it? So, again, is this the due year for Tua Tagovailoa that if they're going to build this franchise around him, he's got to play north of at least 14 ball games, 15 ball games for them to have him? I figured it out. Armando, he can play. He can play. He can play. However, can you build a team around a guy you're not sure is going to show up on Sundays? Well, the Dolphins had the opportunity to do that this offseason. Uh, you know, they could, if they wanted to, extend to a Tonga Bailoa. He is now eligible for a contract extension. The Cincinnati Bengals are working on one for Joe Burrow. The Los Angeles Chargers are working on one for Justin Herbert. Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles did one for Jalen uh, Hurts. The Dolphins decided to give to a, a fifth year option. So they're, you know, kind of kicking the can down the road. Do you blame Maybe. them? No, no, I, but they answered your question already with yeah. what they're doing. Uh, th their answer is we'll see, prove it to us. And we're going to keep him under control, contract control, but we're not going to go out there and extend the guy when we, we have never seen him play 17 games, he didn't play all the games at Alabama his last year there. He didn't play all the games at Alabama the previous year either, by the way. So my point is Tua has had an injury history career. Last year, though, was that was rough. I mean, two, two concussions. Before it was the hip at Alabama and a finger here or an ankle there or whatever. But when you're talking concussions, those are career-defining, Sills. You know what I'm saying to you, Armando? Let's do this together here, and I'll move on here in a minute. But do you feel comfortable 
writing stories about a guy who you're saying it's going to be defined on his health when we're talking about an injury that could be a catastrophic injury here. And I wonder how the organization looks at it. Like you said, we're not talking about a knee injury here. We're not talking about a rotator cuff. We're talking about permanent injury kind of stuff here where we're talking multiple concussions in a short period of time. And just so people know out there, when boxers get a concussion, they're at a minimum of eight months before they can get back into the ring again. And this guy's back on the field in eight weeks. I mean, I just wonder how the Dolphins and how you feel as a coach if you're Mike McDaniel going, hey, I'm comfortable with him going back on the field this year. I mean, how do, how do you feel personally about covering a guy that's in the position where one injury like that could end his career and be even more detrimental to his health down the road? Well, forget how I feel. His family. Yeah. This is a conversation that he had with his family. He has admitted that he spoke with his family about possibly retiring after that second concussion last year. He has admitted that he thought about it, uh, about the idea, but decided obviously and ultimately, I'm going to play. I love this game. I love the sport. And it's going to be fine. And he's a man of faith. And I pray for him. And I hope that he's praying Me that too. everything's going to be all right. But let's just be clear here. Another concussion within the span of this season would be his third in one year. That's not you're off for a week. That's not you're off for two weeks. That's you're off. Yeah. It, it, you're, you're, we're watching Mike White at quarterback. So you, you think if it's early in the year next year and he gets one in the first quarter poll, say four weeks, that's it. He's done. I, I agree. I'm, I'm with you. Because it's not it's not just the one. Yep. It's the three within the year. Absolutely. The addition of Jalen Ramsey means what to this defense? And by the way, they made an upgrade to Vic Fangio. They made him the highest paid defensive coordinator in the NFL. I didn't think the Dolphins were that bad under Boyer a year ago. So, I mean, you had Ramsey and you have Vic Fangio – why did they go down this route here? Um, they were good. I, I thought they were decent under Boyer last year. How did, how did you see all these moves? Yeah, you know, so Boyer is a good coach. Vic Fangio is a great coach. And you said it the word. It's an upgrade. And if you have a chance to upgrade, you do it. The Dolphins defense under Boyer, and even before that, under previous, you know, their the New England style approach to Brian the Flores, the guys, Brian Flores brought the zero blitz and that was their, you know, that was their go-to uh, pressure defense in, 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 in rough times. And people start to figure you out, Dan, people start to go, okay, we're going to expect the zero blitz. They became too predictable. Exactly. And that is one thing that Vic Fangio is not going to be. They they added Jalen Ramsey, so now they have arguably the best cornerback tandem in the NFL with Xavier Howard. People forget that they traded for Bradley Chubb last year. Yeah, the trading year. deadline. He wasn't what all they wanted, but he's still a, a factor. And Jalen Phillips, I predict, is going to have a monster season. 
Love the so kid. So they're they've upgraded significantly on defense. Do you think Mike McDaniel has been an upgrade from Brian Flores? Who and, and for the record, Brian Flores working under that owner, Stephen Ross. I mean, and the kind of chaos that you can see sometimes with the owner there. I mean, the guy's an art guy. I mean, I don't know if he's a football guy, but in, plus he lives in New Jersey and he listens to WFAN. I'm not sure he knows what the hell's going on with Miami, but that's Big Sill saying that. So, hey, um, do you think McDaniel has been an upgrade from Brian Flores? So this is where, you know, this is the uh, banana in the tailpipe trick because um, every single coach that I covered with the Miami Dolphins dating back to, I would say, 2008 came out like gangbusters their first year with the team. Tony Sperano came out and won the division the year after they were 1-15 under Cam Cameron, okay? Joe Philbin, who was not suited to be a head football coach in the NFL, his best work, his best job was in his first year in 2012 with a rookie quarterback. They went, I think, 7-9. and nine. Adam Gates, his first year, they went to the playoffs. They were 10 and 6 and went to the playoffs with an injury riddle roster. The shittiest decades of football by Dolphin football, you covered it. <laughs> yeah. And Mike McDaniel last year doesn't look like it, doesn't look the part, but they went to the playoffs and they, they sure were, did. You know, they were there. Put up a good playoff game, too. Absolutely. The problem has been year two, three, and four. And sometimes they don't even get to year four. So I'm going to withhold, you know, judgment. His first year, Mike McDaniel, stellar. Great. Awesome. Good job, coach. Now do something the other Dolphins coaches that you followed couldn't do, which is follow it up with more success. See, Armando, folks, has been in the era where we both grew up, where the Dolphins, three straight AFC titles, an undefeated team, two Super Bowls, monster years, getting the Super Bowl games. And now you're watching the Bengals are better than the Dolphins. That can't be true, Armando, in our lifetime. I thought I would never say that the Bengals are better than the Dolphins. It's It's been a real consistency problem there, hasn't it been, when it comes to coaches and staying on, on the rails. Does that go back to the general manager, Chris Greer? Is he on the hot seat? The Dolphins haven't won a playoff game since January of 2000. So, wow! So, you know, we're working on year 24 that they haven't won a playoff game. Um, obviously, they have a very talented roster. I must give Chris Greer this. He's, he's missed on some drafts, but, you know, then they went out and signed Tyreek Hill and then they went out and traded for Bradley Chubb and they traded for Jalen Ramsey and they they signed Teron Armstead so while he's not always been stellar with the draft he's found other ways to make up the difference and last year it it worked we'll see man couple last questions for you here listen 
you're a Hall of Fame voter, and I wonder if your opinion the last four years, and I'm going somewhere with this, with the Dolphins, I'm going to tie it in, um, has changed on Belichick at all when you look at him. Do you look, and again, all, all my friends are Hall of Fame voters, Jason Cole, I mean, go down the list of the guys, Blade Balzer, all these guys are all my friends. And they look at the overall book. They don't just carve out a couple copies. For you, how, have you, has your opinion changed to him, Armando, and how you see what he's accomplished in New England? A little bit, sure. Uh, in in this regard, so when he was an assistant with the Giants, he was a defensive genius, right? He remained that with the New England Patriots throughout his career. Parcells never won a Super Bowl without him. Correct. But when he was the defensive coordinator with the Giants, he had arguably the best defensive player in the entire league, maybe in history. the history of the entire league, unless you're a big Reggie White fan. So that said, there's that. He also, with New England, had the greatest quarterback of <laughs> all time. True. And, and and that helps when you're chasing six. Who he drafted, but fell into his lap in the sixth round. Of course. Let's be candid. Of course. The, Bill Parcells. Right. Bill Parcells was a great coach all around. Bill Belichick, great coach on defense and some all around. But it the New England Patriots dynasty that everybody thought was, you know, Belichick Brady was Brady. Brady left after Belichick thought that he had declined and won a Super Bowl. Belichick, after Brady left, is under 500. Well, then let me throw this at you. The record 346 career victories in a regular season. Don Shula's last 10 years missed the playoffs six times and was three and four as he went through his last decade of coaching in the NFL. Do you have? Did, did you have a different – and – he had Dan Marino. So I would say to you, did your opinion change on Don Shula the last 10 years when he missed the playoffs six times and was three and four in the playoffs with a Hall of Fame quarterback who at the time was considered one of the greatest throwers of the football? Yeah, so I had nothing but the deepest respect for Don Shula as a person. We both did. But, and do. but all of South Florida's opinion on Don Shula changed at the end and when the idea that Don Shula was leaving which by the way he was leaving because the owner forced him out it wasn't Don Shula waking up one day and going I'm done no no Wayne Huizinga helped him to think that and suggested it strongly and made it viable for him to do he was pushed out and as soon as that idea came across the next idea everybody had is let's upgrade to Jimmy Johnson and no that didn't work out that was a different Jimmy Johnson that showed up to coach the Dolphins and the one that coached the Hurricanes and the one that won Super Bowls with the Cowboys but the point is everybody's thinking was this isn't 17 and 0 Don Shula this isn't 15 and 2 Don Shula this is 1995 Don Shula and it's time to move on. And that's the way it works for all of us, my friend. Absolutely. Mark Clayton, are you voting for him? 
I've been I've been trying to to like get people. So you're making him. the presentation on him? No, no, because he's a senior candidate. And okay, so he's, he's on that senior, senior so he has to talk to Rick Goslin and them guys. Right, but him and Kuchenberg, I you know, dude, dude means, hey, Kuch not being in to me is one of the crimes. Dennis Hara not being in now, I'm partial to Dennis because he's a Kane brother, but he's got seven Pro Bowls. So he's got to be on that committee too. But Bob Kuchenberg, I've said this before, Armando, the Miami Dolphins had the greatest football team of all time. And I'm not talking about the undefeated team. I'm talking about that team in general because for three years, Armando, they won the AFC three times. And the era of the Steelers, the Raiders, the Cowboys, one of those teams was undefeated. That's the greatest team, even those Steeler teams. In my opinion, and Kuchenberg was the main force on that offensive line that ran, you know, just all over the league. And for him not to be in, um, I kind of look at Clayton and go, is Clayton better than Andre Risen? Or did he have Dan Marino? I mean, Andre Risen had 12,000 receiving yards and 85 touchdowns. Is he better than... Is he really is Mark is Mark Clayton better than Andre Risen? I don't know. I mean, you know, I mean, I think the for you guys, especially with the new guys, Andre Johnson and all these guys, is that the hardest room for you guys to have to evaluate as the wide receiver room? Yeah, because it's not just the players; it's the 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 game. Yeah, has changed. Uh, when Mark Clayton was playing in the NFL, he could get you know tackled all the way down the field and mugged and hold and, and and the whole thing whereas now you've got that you know that five yards and and it better only be a certain kind of touching and duper and clayton and marino in today's nfl he throw for ten thousand yards exactly and so there is no head hunting anymore in the nfl that's legal anyway whereas back then Hunting was legal, and you mug, you could mug a guy on the line of scrimmage. You 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 can't touch the guy anymore. Okay, finally, listen. I talk to Mario Cristobal three times a week. I love him to death. He's one of my boys. The Cristobal family is one of my guys. David Dunn coaches his high school. Went to my high school in uh, Connecticut. He coaches Columbus, and I mean, I love the Cristobals. The brother Lewis played with me. He was a young kid. Uh, Mario hadn't gotten there yet, but, you know, Miami looks so different now, Armando, transfer portal guys. And I'm a transfer guy, but they got a whole roster of them now. And it just, why can't we recruit the local kids anymore instead of having those kids go to Alabama and LSU and uh, Georgia? Why can't we keep guys like Michael Irvin at home? Why can't we keep all them guys any longer? Why do I look up at Alabama one day and every defensive back is from South Florida? How, 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 why are, I mean, is he changing it in your opinion? You're there every day. Well, I'm hoping that he is. Let's face it, Dan. Um, people woke up to the fact that South Florida and Florida in general, but South Florida in particular, all the way up through Broward and maybe even Palm Beach is a, is, is like, it's a spawning ground of great, not good, great NFL talent in the making. Okeechobee, all them places. All those guys. And so 
Yeah, you see the Bozas go to Ohio State. Everybody from St. Thomas goes up to like the, the Ohio State. They don't go to Miami anymore. And that's because those programs got tired of getting their butts handed to them by Miami and said, hmm, we got more money than Miami. We got 60,000 students and tons of boosters who are multi-millionaires and some that are billionaires. Miami's got some boosters that are millionaires. We can outmaneuver them with the, with the dollars. And that's exactly what they did. I will say this to you. There is an NFL player in the NFL right now. He's a defensive back who committed to Miami back in the day. The next day, okay, he committed to an SEC team, uncommitted from Miami. His father got a job with an auto dealership, and he got a car from the auto dealership. And I'm not saying that things didn't happen in Miami, at Miami, okay? I had no idea what you're talking about. Right. But to the level that they happened elsewhere, man, you're not – the SEC doesn't play. And the Big Ten doesn't play. They can – if they want somebody and that person wants to be – but it will happen. Armando, you think they ever get back to, you know, my wife said this just shows you the things you guys did. You'll never happen again because it's just, I mean, you had Norman Brayman and you had all these guys, Anthony Abraham that were taking care of all you guys. And, you know, all the guys at the Taurus room, it was just a different environment. I mean, Armando, it maybe was more about the community supporting the school and the kids felt that way. I don't know, man. I'm oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't think all right. Was... I'm, oh, all right. Forget it. Hey, screw it. All right. I, I, I'm trying. Mario, I'm trying. I mean, Armando, I'm trying. <laughs> yeah. I think it was, it was, look, the bottom line is it's as much a business right now as, as, Maybe it ever was. And the big business is done in other conferences. Just just saying. And the folks that go to Miami, you know, they get theirs too, probably. But it's a different breed. Alonzo Highsmith isn't staying home. No. Okay. To, to bring up. And Melvin Bratton isn't staying home. Uh, all those guys are not staying home to Third bring up Pama. a program that was middling, not great, and then now let's make it great. That's I, that's not happening a lot anymore. Sills, how many meals are you going to have at Monty Trainers? This is my third one. What do you want from me? <laughs> <laughs> I hey, I just know this. It's outside of my family now. That's the greatest time of my life is going down there and being part of that whole thing and. You know, three years, we lose one regular season game. And we're the most televised team on the planet. And, you know, Jimmy Jimmy sent me a book, and he's he's like this. He goes, geez, you ever think we'll be like that again? And I go, I don't know, man. I, I, I don't. I, all them guys were just – Jerome Brown were just trendsetters. It was just different, right, Armando? It was just a different time. Let me tell you a true story. So I was at Miami, and there was a defensive lineman named Tony Fitzpatrick. Oh, yeah. Who was, Fitz. yeah, I believe he was a nose tackle. He was, 62. And, 
right. And their first year, he was, they got drubbed by the Florida Gators in the opener, okay? And Fitzpatrick shows 28 3. Yeah. Shows up to class the next day, and we're like, dude, what? I mean, what up? And he's like, we're going to win the national championship. True story. Kozar had five turnovers in that game. It was terrible. We're going to 0-1. Yeah. Lost to the Gators when Miami and the Gators was a thing, when the Gators were still willing to play Miami. Um, and this dude says, yeah, we're going to win the national championship. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, sure. Fast forward five months, four months, three months, whatever it was. They're winning the freaking national championship. Pete Nebraska. <laughs> that dude made my French class worth it. <laughs> worth it. Ah, Armando, I love you. Folks, you can catch him on Outback. Hey, you do you do a show there or do you do is that where you post your work? Well, it's Outkick. Outkick, on, I mean, I'm sorry. Clay Travis is Outkick. Yeah. There it is. Yeah, thank you. Dude, he's done a great job with that outkick. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Clay is, is the man. Uh, we're a Fox uh, News company. And, uh, yeah, I'm having the time of my life. I will be in New York at the start of the season. The Giants are playing, I think, on Sunday night. The Jets are playing on Monday night. And I'll be there for both. Can't wait. Armando, thank you for taking so much time. I I. Thank you for our friendship, brother. It means a lot to me. Thank you so much. Anytime, Dan. You got it. The great Armando Salguero from Outkick. Make sure you check him out. Hall of Fame voter as well. Please hit the like button. Keep it here on the National Football Show. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit. And the hits. Go for the stakes. And the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. All right, did you know I was the mommy slam dunk champion? Really? 
Yes, really don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, I go to left. Fake a mom. Mama, go. Oh, mama! She did it. Again, you can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh huh. He will join us. So your boy Dak Prescott says he's going to only throw 10 picks this year. Dak Prescott only throws 10 picks this year. They'll win the NFC East. Post that, James. <laughs> hey, I but do I believe you only throw 10 picks? I do not. I, I do not believe that. Okay? Hey. Here. I say he throws. Here, here's what I say. He'll throw for 4,500 yards again. 35 touchdowns. 13 picks. Jalen will throw for. 3,800 yards, 25 touchdowns, and six picks. Who had a better year? If Dak Prescott throws the ball for 4,500 yards. See, this is where you guys sometimes take what I say and you spin it into this, well, just because he had more yards, he had a better year. Let me ask you this. If Prescott throws for 4,500 yards, 35 touchdowns, and 13 picks, and Hertz throws for 3,800-plus yards, 25 touchdowns, and six picks, who had a better year? Who would have had the better year? What number do you think is more important? Do you think it's the touchdown number? Or do you think it's the interception number? What number do you think is more important? Right? (laughs) End of the day, you got to look at the guy with the less turnovers. Dude, it's not about the great plays you make. It's about the shitty plays you make. Coach Johnson used to tell us that all the time. You could make three of the greatest plays on the planet, but if you F up five times and cost your team a game, what's more detrimental to you winning a game or a championship or a division title? It's the shitty plays. Look at that's why the wide receiver position. Look at look at look at Odell Beckham. 
Hodel Beckham had that one great catch on Monday Night Football where he's making it over. What has it done for his career? Nothing. He's a real – watch it. I look at Odell Beckham, and I see a blown-up version of Chad Johnson. I don't see anything great. I see a highly skilled athletic guy who had zero impact to his football teams. Whatever number Philly Godfather says it is. <laughs> yeah. Okay. End of the day, man. I mean, 4,500 yards, 35 touchdowns, 13 picks, and they're bounced in the opening round. Come on, man. Jalen has 3,800 yards, 25 touchdowns, six picks. They make it to the NFC title game for a second year in a row. Let me say this to you. Jalen doesn't have to win the NFC title. But if he gets there again in two years in a row, I mean, you win one, you lose one. You're a couple minutes away from winning the Super Bowl. You outplay Mahomes in the game. I don't know, man. Dude, this guy this year has a chance to just blow the – narrative of everything that people may still have of him. Well, let's see him do it again. And that includes me. All right. Guys, we're awesome. Merrill Reese tomorrow, 530. He is confirmed. He will join us then. We appreciate everybody. Please hit the like button. Armando was great. Please check him out at OutKick. We, we so appreciate him coming aboard. He is a Hall of Fame voter too as well. So uh, Xander, Big Joe, thank you. Tone, spectacular stuff as always. You're kicking ass. Keep doing it. Thank you so much. Hey, don't forget, if you missed any of the show, go back on Jacob Sports. You guys can rewatch the show a little bit later on if you missed some of it. Till tomorrow, 3 p.m. Eastern, 3 to 6. We'll see you on the flip side. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.